Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Cam Pittman, here with the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that, once again, is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and get $10 off your first order when you use the code LOCKEDON. And, Frank, we've been doing what-ifs the last couple of days. We did Andrew Bogut, we did Jabari Parker, but we're going to take a little bit of a break from that because uh, I feel like it's time for our weekly State of the Nation update. I would say that optimism is starting to take over pessimism when it comes to the return of the NBA season. But before we jump into this, I meant to, to mention this yesterday. Uh, Riley, who listens to the podcast, brought up you and your baby rattle. Uh, that was quite the confusing uh, subject for, for listeners for quite a while. I'm glad that you put the rattle away. But you mentioned it was a locked on Bucks deep cut. And it made me feel good because I, I think this was the first time that I've actually been able to be associated with a deep cut for Lockdown Bucks. So I appreciated that. I feel like feel like part of the family now. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like we have a lot of like recurring, you know, kind of uh, references and jokes like the, you know, my wife being a Rockets fan and things like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know how often the baby rattle thing came up. I feel like that was like, a, that was only over a few episodes. So yeah. Um, either Riley is a regular listener or she just happened to listen to that, like, you know, two days where my audio was even worse than usual. So, well, we're going to know, by the way, we're going to know because if she she brings this up, (laughs) (laughs) if we we don't hear anything from this, then we know that she listened to one episode in total and, uh, and basically stuff it. Right. Uh, right. Shout out to, uh, uh, (laughs) Buck's thought on Twitter. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. This is, this is the, the bat signal was put up for her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll see if she see if she answers. Um, yeah, so you know, I feel like what is it? Once a week, basically, we get like yeah. a, you know, Shams or or Woj alternate tweet storms and, and reports of kind of the goings on of uh, of you know the NBA Board of Governors and the Players Association and and what's kind of happening and what people are thinking about potentially coming back. And um, I guess a couple things today. I mean, there was. Uh, this, you know, it sounds like there's been obviously ongoing conversation between the league and, and the players association as they really collectively try to navigate. <laughs> I mean, the most, again, unique labor circumstance. It's, it's really obviously much more than a labor circumstance, but, um, you know, obviously with the league shut down, um, the two sides have to be working very closely. Um, if for no other reason, I mean, the, the, we, we focus a lot on the financial aspect of this, obviously. And, uh, you know, who's going to get what, how they're going to um, share in the, you know, lost revenues and things like that. That's obviously we've talked a lot about that, how that might impact the cap and things like that. But, um, you know, I think some of the stuff we're hearing today, too, just, you know, trying to talk about the realistic possibilities of players 
um, contracting uh, coronavirus if and when the league does return and, you know, having to, uh, having to, to confront the reality of like, you know, the league can't come back if they're just going to shut down at the first sign of, of someone catching this, this illness. Right. I think that's the reality of, uh, of what's going to ha- need to happen com- moving forward. And obviously, you know, some players are probably going to be at least somewhat uncomfortable with the risks of, of playing. And, and obviously it sounded like there was a, um, not a very well coordinated campaign. It sounds like, but <laughs> players, the players association was having sounds like the team reps um, do a. I, I don't know if it counts as a formal poll or an informal poll of whether players wanted to uh, wanted to come back, um, which of course is is interesting, and I'd be fascinated to know what the percentage breakdown was. Uh, I'm sure if it is couched with, you will get paid more money. Uh, and otherwise you're going to, you know, take a, take a pay cut this year. Uh, and you might, you need to play to be able to get some, some of that back that probably would increase the likelihood of people wanting to come back, but, but who knows, obviously all of that is all very, very uncertain and, um, you know, how exactly things are going to work out. That remains a big question mark, but you know, we're now almost to mid May, which, you know, puts us maybe three weeks out from the kind of, I don't want to say magical June 1st date, but. And June 1st is a pretty important date. That that seems like the date when I think the league would like to, I, not, I don't want to say final, have a final decision on coming back, but it seems like around then, you know, they, they would like to be able to make a decision about, you know, are they going to start kind of mobilizing to, uh, to, to make a return to this season and, and figure out a way to, uh, to, to crown a champion, which obviously selfishly, we, we are obviously all very vested in figuring out if they can do. Yeah, I think the the point, the last point, the very last point you made there selfishly does come into account here. Uh, last week, I was talking with Matthew Dalvadover and he said, he brought up the point that, oh, well, you know, I wouldn't mind if the, the NBA considers having a, a, a 30-team playing tournament. That sounds like something I'd be interested in. And we've spoken about this before, the fact that I really believe, I mean, depending on where you're at, in the NBA landscape, the 2019-20 season, it's going to impact how desperate you are for basketball to come back. And I, I can't help but think, and by talking to, to Bucks fans and trying to feel out where they're at in terms of the return of basketball, overwhelmingly, clearly, Bucks fans want the season to come back. Uh, I think if you flip the flip the script and the Bucks are 20 and 40. Maybe they're not as desperate as Basel to come back this season and they're moving on to next season. So I think that that's obviously important to note. I also think that it's smart by the NBA to come out and publicly say, yeah, you're going to be prepared that there's going to be a positive test because there is going to be one. I mean, it's hard to really imagine a scenario where there isn't going to be one positive test among the players, among the staff, among uh, the people that are involved in returning uh, the season. So... I think they have to publicly come out and say, be prepared, this is what's going to happen. And you can't really have the Rudy Gobert situation where the season shuts down because then you open yourself up to saying, yeah, let's do this. And within three days, it's all it's all gone. But I think the the probably the broader picture is that, and, and this was something I asked on Twitter and, and some people responded to this, but if there's going to be one positive test there's going to be others and there might be multiple and you have to take into account what the season is going to look like 
if players from one team, multiple players from one team or coaches or whoever it may be test positive, it's okay to say, yeah, the season's going to go on, but it's going to become a farce if that's what happens. And they're, they're talking about having a standardized testing in place for, for all teams. And obviously that would have to be the case, but there's no doubt there's a big risk. And the question I guess I would ask you, Frank, and this is what I'm thinking about when I, when I say this, trust me, for me personally, even for me from a selfish point of view, if basketball comes back, it's very good for me. I can actually start making some money. But So I want basketball to come back. But let me ask you this. For the Bucs, if they come back, and let's just say that Giannis tests positive and Chris Milton tests positive, and they're okay, but they, they're going to have to have the 14-day quarantine. They're not going to be able to play basketball the Bucs aren't going to win a game in the playoffs. They're probably going to lose. And what happens if the Lakers go in to win the title? Then how does that sit with you as Bucs fans moving forward? I think when you think about basketball coming back, you have to be aware that that could potentially happen. And then how do you feel if that goes ahead? There's, there's just so many crazy scenarios to think about. And I want to get your response to that after the break, Frank. But before we do that, I need to remind everyone about our friends over at Built Bar. Right now, my routine during the quarantine consists of waking up in the morning, planning the show before lunch, recording the show just after lunch. I try and sneak in a workout in the afternoon, then have some dinner, probably a few beers. But the point is, I can't get from lunch to dinner without having a snack. And that's where our friends at Built Bar came in. It is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. And for me, it's proven to be the perfect afternoon snack pre- and post-workout. Now, remember, you guys know we've got a great deal here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. I mean, if I could predict perfectly what was going to happen, then my preference for season outcomes would be first preference, Bucks win whatever version of the playoffs we get. Second preference, if Bucks weren't going to win, then I would want the season canceled. That's right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but uh, obviously, we, we don't know. Uh, I, I am not all seeing. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, it's kind of funny because that's always like part of the, the discussion around like the oh what if what if the season is canceled then you know like oh then Giannis is definitely not going to sign a, an extension or something I mean the the flip side is if if the season is canceled then the Bucks don't have a chance to like disappoint and the season ends <laughs> you know from Giannis's perspective like oh we're damn we were the best team in the league and you know we had our chance stolen from us like I you know I think that's a that's a better scenario than if you lose in the playoffs regardless of probably when. Um, I think in terms of, you know, the, the taste in Giannis's mouth as far as what he feels about the team and, and how good they are. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it's, we'll see. I mean, we have to see kind of what the formula looks like for, um, for, for a playoff app, you know, if, if they can come back from this. Um, I, I think we, um, I think like we were saying though, you know, look, if, if it ends if it ends up being super abbreviated and there's you know a best of three game finals or something, then of course this will be 
extremely diminished in significance. You know, when you think about the the winner of that tournament versus the winner of a normal playoffs. Um, I think if it's mostly seven game series, including the finals, or even you know a, a few five game series, and then and then a seven game finals, um, I think it still probably holds up even without the fan side of it. Um, you know, again, it's it's going to be super weird, um, but it's going to be also very memorable. And you know, again, it's probably it's probably instructive though that this happens the year after. You know, the Warriors lose Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson during the finals because. Um, you know, I don't think people actively discredit the Raptors title, even though they needed a massive amount of injury luck or bad luck from the Warriors to do that, right? I mean, if KD and Klay Thompson are healthy for the finals, like, do we do we really think the Raptors win that series? Like, I, I don't think they do. I think they could have had a chance, but, you know, uh, again, like, the fact that the Warriors went to six games, even with all the injuries, um, I think probably you know, speaks well of, of what they would have done if, if they were fully healthy. So, I mean, this is going to be the reality of what it is, um, you know, that, that we're just going to have to do the fact that, you know, players who very well may be asymptomatic, you know, might miss two weeks of the playoffs. And, um, you know, again, I guess you could say uh, if I'm a Bucks fan, you know, again, would I rather lose with Giannis and Chris healthy versus Giannis and Chris quarantine. So at least we have an excuse, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. But um, of course, again, we would never know, right? So if, if you know, midway through the second round, we hear that dreaded, you know, see that dreaded tweet about Giannis uh, testing positive and, and missing, you know, the next two weeks, um, it would obviously be pretty crushing. But, you know, again, I think, I think that's just part of what we have to confront as the new normal here. Um, and yeah, like, like we're saying, if, if you're not ready to kind of keep, keep the playoffs, keep the league running in the face of, uh, these types of, you know, things happening, then, uh, then you might as well not even come back. Right. Even if you're doing the bubble tournament, um, I think what's, what did Adam Silver refer to as like the campus approach or something? <laughs> something like uh, Does that mean the players aren't know, actually getting paid? We're going full, we're going full <laughs> college, we're going full college style. <laughs> Free trip to Disney world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, in that scenario then, and obviously it's a, uh, uh, it's, it's just going to be very different. And I think again, the positive is we're all going to be, um, we're all, we're all going to be so desperate for, for any type of, of basketball that I think we'll still be very thankful that we, that we get to see something right. Thankful for sports period. So, um, so again, I, I, I think we're in sort of the, you know, the beggars can't be choosers sort of part of <laughs> part of the pandemic at this point. And, um, I'm, I'm obviously very fascinated to see kind of what, what configuration of, uh, of, a uh, of a finish to the season we might see, um, and and I think like we we had talked my it's obviously I think we we had talked about this you know the idea of coming back from you know a three month absence and having the first game be a playoff game just doesn't kind of pass a smell test for me like I feel like there's got to be something before that which is partly which was the only reason that I could have seen some form of like regular season games being played is like literally just as like a preseason to whatever the playoffs would be um, but you know especially when you also then think about what it would mean to have a quarantine tournament type thing, obviously bringing 30 teams into that rather than say 16, you know, that's just dramatic. I mean, you're literally doubling the people that you have to keep 
on your little quarantine campus. Um, and so just logistically, I, I don't know. I, I think I will say this. I feel like there's probably, uh, even if there's a more likely than not scenario that the league comes back and does play this year, I do feel like there's a more likely than not uh, scenario that, that, you know, teams that aren't in the playoffs currently probably don't play another game. That's my, that's my gut. Um, but who knows? I think that's, that's a big question. And I think another note on all of this, just kind of to frame it, um, I think the magic got uh, some sort of approval from local authorities in uh, Florida to have their entire team tested. Um, and I know that was sort of deemed pretty significant because obviously one of the big gaps in, in all these, you know, provisions of, of a tournament would be, you know, how do you have enough testing capacity uh, to ensure that, you know, you're not letting somebody catch it, be asymptomatic and spread it to like their whole team, right? Like that, that doomsday scenario obviously is, is, uh, is, is obviously what people want to avoid. Um, and so you need testing obviously in, in, in you know, very frequent uh, uh, intervals. And, you know, again, the, the league has even said they don't want to basically be in a position where they're perceived as taking away tests from, uh, you know, people who need it, people who are actually symptomatic and, I think fortunately it seems like there is obviously um, we are, we are progressing towards a much more, um, you know, uh, sort of testing environment in the U S where testing is more readily available. Now is it, you know, readily available easily for anybody who wants it at any, anywhere in the country? No, we're obviously not at that point yet. Um, but uh, you know, let's just say Orlando and, and Florida in particular, pretty important place for, for, you know, that sort of news to be breaking that, uh, that the testing capacity is at least implied to be, um, you know, getting much more significant because obviously that's where there's a good chance we would be having this tournament. And something that Nate Duncan and Danny Lurie brought up last week as well, um, you know, that made me think, you know, this is probably, we're probably making more out of this than it ultimately would be in terms of a, uh, a bottleneck. You know, if the NBA needs 15,000 tests or whatever it might be, the easy way out of this where they, you know, save save face and, and make sure people aren't mad, you peel off 50 million bucks, 10 million bucks, whatever it is, and you basically say the NBA is donating, you know, this amount of money to coronavirus testing for whatever, you know, <laughs> call it people who, you know, don't have the means to afford testing, call it. Uh, you know, emergency workers, call it whatever it is, right? But if you basically say, hey, we're going to throw a bunch of money to make testing more possible so that we can also get the tests that we need, you know, that's one way that you could do a way to kind of mute the um, potential backlash if uh, if the, the league does end up obviously, you know, taking up a bunch of tests that, that some people might say they, they shouldn't be. So, I, I don't know. I think the, the further we come along, I mean, again, I think people are getting on the one hand more realistic. I think the, um, the realistic things that would have to happen, they're still very different from anything we've done, but I don't know. I feel like there are more, I feel it's more likely that we can, that they can figure out a way to pull it off. So I want to dive into some of those timeframes, Frank, in regards to a return. It feels like time is starting to move a little bit faster than it was certainly in March anyway. And it was a rough time frame given for when we're going to get a decision where the NBA can return. Before I do that, I want to remind everyone about our friends over at Blinkist. This app is one of the ultimate life hacks. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, 
You can't read or work on personal development. And this is the incredible app that solves this problem. Once again, it's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. I use Blinkist when I'm in the car, doing my daily coffee run in the afternoon, but it's perfect for any time. You can use it while traveling, making breakfast, working out. It's perfect. And the good news is, of course, we have a sweet deal for our listeners with Blinkist. You get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com NBA. So the one thing I will say is I, I remember when we were first having these conversations, uh, both when I, when I first came back to Australia and the season was cancelled, then in, in the weeks after that, um, certainly I was saying, well, we've got plenty of time. It's the start of April. It is the middle of May now. And, and one of the last tweets that have come through is suggesting that Adam Silver has said uh, that they can make an announcement in the next two to four weeks. Uh, on whether they believe the season is going to going to resume. I'm with you, Frank. I mean, the way things are trending, I think there's going to be some basketball. They're going to do whatever they can. Unless something disastrous happens within the country of the US, I think they're going to find a way to make this happen. But from a time frame point of view, you're looking at at earliest the start of June. Anytime at the moment they give these two to four week time frames, I, I automatically assume that it's going to be on the back end of that. So maybe we'll find out more in the, in the second week of June. So you, you're trending towards a start for the NBA season at best in the middle of July to potentially the, the end of July or the start of August. So we still have a significant period of time before we're looking at playing any real basketball and projecting ahead to next season, something that we've spoke about a lot. There's been more talk during the week that potentially a, a Christmas day start could be uh, in the works for next season, which makes a lot of sense if they're planning on trying to to knock out the rest of this season or the playoffs or, or whatever it may be. But I, I think the big thing is when you look at the teams now starting to get back into the practice facility, we know the Bucks over the last few days have sort of announced that they're going to be allowed back in in, in limited numbers for for different reasons, whether it's, it's rehabilitation, uh, some guys will be able to go in and get some shots up. So we're starting to see movement anyway. And, and it does feel that week by week, we're trending in a, a more positive direction if the overall goal is to just get out and play basketball at any cost. There's going to be uh, concerns right up until the time that this begins. But uh, there's no doubt that a month ago, I wasn't so sure whether this was going to happen at all. And as it stands right now, I still think we're a significant period of time away from it happening. But I, I have to believe now that, that something's going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, we kind of buried the lead a little bit. So yesterday on, on Monday, the Bucks, uh, a statement from John Horst, which, you know, a little interesting that it was phrased this way, framed this way, but <laughs> under the guidance of the NBA, our players have modified access to the Freighter and Medical College of Wisconsin Sports Science Center for voluntary treatment, performance training, and rehabilitation. So um, 
that's something, right? That's a, a baby step, at least for the Bucks, uh, to to be able to do something again in some very modified form. Where you know, again, is it going to be five on five practice? Obviously not, um, but it is at least something. Um, and you know, again, with uh, with the state of Wisconsin starting to make some steps, um, you know, towards uh, towards modest reopening in very kind of limited ways. Um, you know, it appears the Bucks are are also going to be obviously getting at least some ability to uh, again. I wouldn't say return back to normal, but but return back to uh, something, <laughs> return back to something other than yeah. sitting at home waiting for for news. Um, so that's that's interesting. And then probably the other thing we want to talk about. Um, do you have the list of guys in front of you? Giannis and a host of other superstars uh, apparently had their conference call today. What it was, LeBron. Chris Paul, uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, who else? There were yes. a, a number of other yeah. guys. Yeah, so LeBron, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Giannis, Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Steph Curry had a private conference call on Monday. So, so that was the group. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. This, I mean, Giannis obviously the MVP, but included in that group uh, are on this level in this kind of decision making. They've sort of reported that these guys are all. Uh, you know, positive in terms of bringing the season back as you would probably imagine, but uh, it also says the weight that their opinion is going to have, which is is going to be significant. Yeah, is is Giannis the only guy who's who's not a team guy uh, from that list? Yeah, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it was certainly interesting to me when I saw him included. Yeah, 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 I, and uh, obviously, you know, Giannis and and LeBron, you know, Kawhi, guys on top teams that you know have chances at at winning something this year again of course probably not surprising that they would be much more in favor of of figuring out a way to play this year but you know it's still it's i think it matters and um it's going to be really interesting i I don't i don't i mean it's hard to really put a number on on what the players are ultimately going to gain from playing versus having the season canceled um obviously there's you know financial value in them playing you know if nothing else to their tv partners who obviously from a uh, advertising revenue perspective uh it's a lot easier um to you know to to sell ads against you know a a nba playoffs that people have been thirsting for um versus you know whatever random you know tnt knows drama stuff uh they're they're showing every night so um so there's definitely, obviously, there's got to be some incentive, some monetary incentive for the players to come back. And, and that's not just for team, you know, so that's not just for players that are on good teams. But, you know, if you're a, a guy on a minimum contract um, and uh, you play on a crappy team, uh, who knows, you may not even play games, but you want the league to make more money because if the league makes more money, ultimately you will make more money. <laughs> you will make more money, even if the, you know, the, you're not getting a, a game check for playoffs or something like that. So, um, so it, it's again still tons of uncertainty, but um, we're also hopefully seeing uh, some movement in areas that, that obviously we've been hoping to see movement in. Whether it's the getting back in in some form into training centers, um, you know, whether it's the kind of league and the players' association having at least uh, you know starting to get some alignment and some momentum, and and I think just coming to the reality check of uh, of you know, hey, the, there's going to be some risk that's going to have to be undertaken, and 
will be very interesting if any players decide they don't want to take on that risk, right? I think by and large, um, NBA players probably feel like, you know, they're pretty invincible in this illness, which obviously, you know, asymmetrically impacts uh, older people, which, you know, you would not expect the average NBA player to, to be, you know, have a life-threatening condition from. Um, but who knows, you know, things can happen. We're, we're still learning about um, COVID-19 as, as we go. Uh, and it's, it's obviously still a very nascent thing. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to diminish the, the, you know, the, the reality of, of what people might be risking by, by playing sports like this, where obviously you're in close quarters, right? I mean, baseball, it's one thing to play baseball where at least you're not, you know, really making a lot of physical contact. You're mostly not standing near people all the time if you don't want to. Um, but basketball, obviously a much, much different sport. And, um, you know, we saw obviously with, uh, with an early March, you know, that it did seem like there was likely some transmission between players, just given, you know, look at, uh, Rudy Gobert and, and the fact that they played the Pistons and Christian Wood gets diagnosed. And, you know, I think they played the Celtics for that. Marcus Markets diagnosed, uh, you know, it, it kind of is one of those things. If, if players are running around and they're, they're sick and even if they're not showing signs, if you're playing, you know, uh, physical basketball against someone, there's obviously a good chance from what we know that, that you could transmit something. So, um, yeah, there's, there's definitely risks. And even if it's not like a risk that, you know, guys might be get really, really sick or God forbid, you know, be, have their lives threatened. Um, you know, the scenario you mentioned just, of, you know, if, if this happens and, and <laughs> there's an outbreak on a team and, you know, half a team gets knocked out, um, you know, I think other sports, you can, probably manage that sort of thing a lot more easily than you can in basketball where obviously it's you know a, a small number of players on the court at one time small number of players on a, on a team total and you know if, if you if your best player is knocked out for two weeks um you know whether the bucks or, or pretty much any other team um that's pretty much a death blow <laughs> to what you're going to be able to do versus in other sports like you know like soccer right bundesliga is coming back sounds like in um maybe a week or two um, I mean, they're not, they're not doing a bubble. They're just playing in their, their own arenas empty. Uh, and, um, you know, they're, they're, they've been doing kind of weekly tests. I think they've been doing, they're going to be doing twice weekly testing and, you know, they've had people in the top two divisions. They've had, you know, players, staff test positive and they just basically say, all right, you're two weeks quarantine. Right. And it seems like the NBA is going to take a similar approach. So, um, strange days every day you, you're confronted with something new and, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm sure we will continue to hear things and think of things and aspects of this set that we hadn't thought about. And that was one of the things that's come out of today. The NBA has sort of said that, yeah, we're going to be looking at other leagues and other countries and the way they're handling things. So I think that's important to note, as we sort of said, uh, by the time the end of July rolls around, you're going to have plenty of sporting competitions, we hope, still running around the world. And you'll be able to take some hints from there as well. But uh, that's another another show in the books and a, a pretty positive one, actually, I have to say. It, it does feel like basketball is somewhat creeping closer to returning, which is which is what we all really want. The other positive was the baby rattle didn't return. And uh, I, need to, I need to shout out the listeners, by the way, that sent through overnight some ideas for the show, whether it's what ifs or anything else you want to hear us talk about. Remember, you can do that uh, by tweeting me or Frank or at Lockdown Bucks anytime. There's something you want to hear us discuss, ramble on about. You can hit us up at any time. But outside of that, I do need to remind you of my good Aussie friend, Josh Lloyd. He does a Locked On Fantasy podcast daily. 
check out that show if you get the chance. But for now, for myself and Frank, we're going to wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll speak to you guys then.